Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Runs. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Robinson. Allen Robinson. Touchdown Bears. Back with the interception. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. The marketing. Oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man, please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, Hood. You follow me on Snapchat. I'll follow you back guaranteed. Also on Instagram, IGJHood, as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank studio. On the show tonight, we will hear from uh, Mr. NBA, Worldwide Wob. Yes, it's Rob Perez. We'll get his thoughts about the NBA Finals. He's always great. He is he got the NBA community in the palm of his hand on Periscope, on Twitter, at Worldwide Wob. He's the man. We'll talk to him coming up at 730 here on ESPN 1000. Also, we do one question. You know, because it's weeknights, people are busy going out to dinner, coming home from work, whatever. You know, sometimes they just don't have time for a full interview. But you know what they have time for? One question. And we'll have one question for you coming up at uh, 7.50 here on ESPN 1000. Also, Jesse Rogers from Denver as the Cubs beat the Rockies. We'll hear from Jesse coming up in hour number two. Also, we'll, we'll bear down. We always give you something Bears, give you something NFL, something that you might have missed during the day. We got it for you right here on Under the Hood. Also, uh, we will hear from the head coach for the DePaul Blue Demons. Yes, it is my guy, Dave Lato. Dave Lato will be with us. We'll find out from Dave his thoughts about the uh, NBA draft. As a college basketball coach, he knows exactly what the Bulls need at 7, so we'll ask him about some of the talent. Uh, as we do every night on Under the Hood, we give you someone that can tell us about the NBA draft. Last night, it was Sean Farnham, and that was a little bizarre because some of it was NBA draft and some of it was WWE. I don't know how that happened, but Sean Farnham somehow twisted my arm. So, But uh, Lato won't talk WWE with me. He'll just talk about uh, the draft. So we'll hear from <laughs> Dave Lato there coming up at 9-10. Also, we'll talk White Sox. Hey, you guys talk about the Sox. You guys never talk about the Sox. What about the, well, we have Scott Greger uh, from the Daily Hero to talk about the White Sox. Can't say you don't talk about the Sox in this show. Dave, uh, we'll hear from Dave Lato at 9.10 and then Scott Greger at 9.35. All part of the mix right here on ESPN 1000 with you until 10. Then it's Dan Levitard and Stugatz right here on ESPN 1000. So I watched the Cubs today. 
so you didn't have to. The uh, Cubs, they defeat the Rockies by a score of 10-1. to 1. And the Cubs now are 38-29 and 29 on the season with that victory against the Rockies. But it wasn't just a, just a big-time blowout for the Cubs. It was more than just that. It was Cole Hamels who pitched very well. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. How about this for a change? Solid pitching and solid hitting. Don't let someone tell you that the Cubs aren't hitting the baseball. They're hitting the hell out of the baseball on the road. They're number one in a number of categories as far as home runs, as far as on-base percentage. All the major categories, they're either first or second in the big leagues on the road. So that's not the issue. The, the, what's going on with them offensively on the road, that's not the problem. Pitching has been the problem. And the elixir to that problem was Cole Hamels. Seven innings, strong, six hits, nine strikeouts. He's now 6-2 and two on the year. And so I watched the game, and I saw the Cubs get off to a big-time lead, 5 nothing at the end of two. They added another three in, in the uh, fifth, another two in the eighth, and that was it. Chris Kampka, who does a great job with the stats in the Cubs and White Sox, gave us this. This is the 104th game that the Cubs have played in Denver. 12 at Mile High Stadium, 92 at Coors Field. They have allowed everywhere from 1 to 15 runs in a game, as well as 17, but they've never allowed zero. <laughs> Just a, a weird stat, right? Just odd. And the Cubs was trying to get that shutout, and of course, the Rockies scored in the bottom of the ninth and broke up the shutout. But there is more to this game than just the 10-1 salvaging of this series. There was some beanballs going back and forth. If you're a Cubs fan and you watch every game, you do recall that Chris Bryant was hit twice by Rockies pitching. One of those hits was to the head where it spun his helmet like a top. And so you don't want one of your, any of your players, including a star player like Chris Bryant, to be hit, clearly. So, of course, you know the Cubs had to retaliate, right? And when you have a veteran like Cole Hamels on the mound, you know 35-year-old Cole Hamels is just not going to sit there and allow this to happen. So Shaw got hit by a pitch by Hamels, and so did uh, Rizzo got hit. Uh, so Hamels and Rizzo both were hit by Rockies pitching. And Arenado got hit by Hamels, and he had to leave the ball game with a contusion on his arm. Yes, in that spot, you don't want to hit anybody, but apparently Hamels was out for blood. And so he got a little bit high on Arenado, and he had to leave the ball game. Also, Walters got hit by Brock, uh, one of the relievers for the Cubs. Here's the bigger issue, though. Why? Why? Unless you are trying to headhunt and trying to take somebody out of a ball game, why even go back and forth with a team? Why is this in baseball? Because it's inherent to baseball because it's been around for a long time? Why, why is this a thing, even in 2019? You know when that's going to stop. When you Because before I even get there to the end of this, let me just say this. It is okay for a pitcher to be able to pitch inside. It's okay for a pitcher to be able to try to make a batter uncomfortable because he's the one with the power. The power is on that mound. And if you want to brush a guy back so he's uncomfortable in the box, that's your job. You're trying to get him out. And you're also trying to make him uncomfortable. You also want him to see a different eye level. You also have a number of pitchers in your array to try to get the hitter out. I totally get that. That is just part and parcel of Major League Baseball. But if someone hits a batter and it's by mistake, right? The ball just gets away. 
Does that mean you have to retaliate? Do you know the intent of this? It's not always obvious. It's 2019, and we're still talking about brushback pitches, back and forth. So Brian gets hit twice. The Cubs have to retaliate. Do they have to? They know it was intentional? Or is it just that you feel like you have to protect your player? So this will end when someone dies. Simply, this will end when someone when is it, well, I got to get back at this guy. He threw at one of my guys. He threw behind him. So now I'm going to get back to this guy, and I'm going to hit him in the head, and the guy just goes down. And you got to carry him off on a gurney. That's just that's just real. This that's when it will end. Instead of trying to be a real commissioner of Major League Baseball or try to be part of the Players Association and say, look, we don't want anybody to get hurt at all because. A ball can get away and somebody can get hit in the head by mistake. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to retaliate. It doesn't necessarily mean that you, if you hit my guy, I'm going to hit two of your guys. What if one of those balls are fatal? Then what does Major League Baseball do? See, I understand Major League Baseball is behind the times. See, I love Lucy of sports. I've said this for a long time. The same Major League Baseball that's hemming and hawing still and trying to figure out, hmm, you know, should we have a net down to try to, to protect our our, our, t- our p- people that are in the stands on the first baseline, on the third baseline, should we try to protect our patrons, the people that pay good money to come in here? Should we do that? It happened again at a guaranteed rate. Somebody got hit, had to be taken out of the, out of the ballpark. And yet, Major League Baseball is still trying to figure out, oh, you know, I don't know if we should have a net all the way down the first baseline and all the way down the third baseline because, I mean, how often does someone really get, it happens a lot, apparently. But Major League Baseball continues to be behind the times. Could you imagine a Major League Baseball that would be progressive enough to say, look, you can't have these retaliation pitches. If a ball gets away, it gets away. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to knock a guy on his ass because your guy got knocked down. You don't know the intent. You don't know the intent. Not all the time. So when does this turn around? As we talk about this with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. When someone dies, though, we'll stop with the brushback pitches because it'll be an ordinance. It'll be put in to the bylaws. You know, if you hit a batter, you're suspended for 10 games or you're suspended for 20 games. Even if you don't mean to do it, you're going to lose money or you're gonna, it's going to be something like that when someone dies. But in the meantime and in between time, good old baseball, right? Ah, baseball. I mean, look. You go out to the ballpark, you step into the stadium, and ah, baseball. You can smell the food. You're right there. You're looking for your seat, looking for your bathroom, of course. You got to find out where your bathroom is. And then all of a sudden, one of your guys <laughs> gets hit, Right? And now you're thinking, wait, one of my favorite players gets hit. Well, now you got to retaliate, right? And then something bad happens. Ah, baseball, though. One of the, one of the, all of a sudden, there's a line drive foul down the first baseline. Hits a kid. Kids got to go to the hospital. And what happens? What happens is, is that, you have Al Moore Jr. looking around saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm sorry. And then the discussion is, why don't you try to take care of your people? Nah, 
Spaceball. Why would you why would you change now? Because baseball's always been the same sport. Don't change now, right? Cole Hamels did a really good job with the press in Denver talking about this. He makes it seem like, oh, you know, I was no way I was trying to throw at Arnando at all. He wasn't trying to do that at all. Well, trust me, it's, you know, the game of baseball, uh, it's a fickle thing sometimes. Um, you know, you, you try to make pitches, and, you know, I, I think he was trying to, you know, make some pitches inside because, you know, I was able to get a couple of hits that were away. So it's, and, you know, he's naturally, it's, it's a cutter, so, you know, it's, it's going to move. And, and, you know, it, it happened to happen. For what it's worth, Arenado says he kind of expected it. Does he not have faith in your control, or were you surprised to hear that? Yeah, surprised. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get guys out. I think, you know, ultimately, ultimately, you know, we're just trying to win, and, and I know the damage that he can do when, when he gets the ball out over the plate. So it's, you know, trying to pick a spot. And, you know, unfortunately, it just, you know, goes where it's unintended to, to be a, a pitch that... You know, you, you don't want to see that, and you definitely don't want guys to get injured. And, you know, that's just kind of sometimes the hard part of the game, uh, I think, when people look at it from an outside view. Uh, but, you know, I just kind of have to just square away. I, obviously, I hope, you know, everything's okay. Um, you know, and he'll probably be back at it because he's a tough guy. So, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's not going to let those things affect him. And, and so no retaliation for Brian yesterday? Not that I know of, no. What did you make of his response to that, especially if he thought it was coming? Uh, I mean, that's just the wild thing in baseball. I mean, like, when he was jawing you and that, and that's just baseball. You know, people can people yell at me all the time, um, <laughs> good and bad. Uh, it's just, you know, the nature of just trying to get guys out. Just baseball. That's all it is. Just baseball. Until something tragic happens. Not looking forward to it happening. I'm just saying that this, these things do happen where a ball gets away. We've seen this in baseball's past where an eye gets out, you know, a guy leaves baseball, loses an eye, something like that, just because he wants to have revenge. It's crazy. Arenado gave his thoughts about getting hit by Hamels. Um, I mean, I don't really have to explain what's going on here. You know, you guys all saw the games in Chicago, saw them here. You know, it's just base, baseball. You know, I just thought it was a little high, but you know, it's, uh, you, you, if you were here for the series, you saw what was going on. So I don't like to talk about what goes on the field. You know, I just it's just on the field. You went back out for the fourth to tighten up on you while you were out there. Yeah, yeah, it was tightening up. So you probably weren't surprised by what happened the rest of the game, guys. Um, a little bit. I mean, pitches, some pitches getting away from both teams. You know, it's. It is what it is. You know, guys were going inside, and listen, I, it's baseball, man. You know, and it's just part of it, I guess. Did you really feel like it was building since last week, or did it kind of come out? No, nah, I don't know, you know. Listen, I mean, we hit Brian twice yesterday. Buzz buys his tower there, 1-1 one, one pitch. So, I, you know, I kind of had a feeling it was it was going to happen. It's just, I just thought it was high. That was it. Arenado, what his thoughts? There you go. He knew it was coming, too, because it's just baseball, right? As you're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Let me move on to this. Let me get over to uh, Kevin Durant because the story came out on Instagram regarding Kevin Durant. And for you, you want to go to ESPN for your breaking news, but you know what's really breaking news? It's either TMZ Sports or you can also find it on Instagram. He makes his own news, Kevin Durant. 
He confirmed that uh, he suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon on Monday, and he uh, took a picture of himself at the hospital. The surgery was successful, and so now here it is. He says that, what's good, everybody? I was wanted to update you all. I did rupture my Achilles. Surgery was today, and it was a success. The road back starts now. I got my family and loved ones by my side, and we truly appreciate all the messages and support people have sent our way. You know, I think that for some... People can't put their finger on what's going on with the NBA Finals. Like, there's something missing, right? Toronto versus Golden State. Golden State trying to win another championship. Toronto trying to win a first championship just for the country in a long, long time. Just something, right? Especially in that province of Ontario, in that city of Toronto. Just just trying to find out, like, like, can they win a championship? And they're on the precipice of doing so because they're up three games, too. But you know what's missing is LeBron. LeBron James is not in the NBA Finals. It's not like I miss LeBron. I, I don't. But you see him so often in this spot trying to battle, trying to get his team over the threshold, trying to win a championship, and LeBron is not there. And, of course, in sports, you need to have a black hat and a white hat, something that to root for, something to root against. And with Golden State, some of you don't like Golden State because they win too much. Uh, and for Toronto, they've somehow become this underdog story because they're very understated as a team. Uh, they have a number of terrific players, but they're led by a guy that doesn't speak and Kawhi Leonard. So there's no LeBron. There is no LeBron factor. You know what's going to happen next year? There won't be any KD factor because he's not going to play next year. The league will miss Kevin Durant because there is this argument that still is, permeates throughout you know, NBA circles that Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA. Some will say it's LeBron. Some will say it's Steph Curry. I just think it's a good thing for the NBA that you have so many people that you can look at. But without Kevin Durant next year, that's a problem on two circles. The first circle is, is that his great play will not be on the floor next year. And number two, what does that do for the Golden State Warriors? The Golden State Warriors need Kevin Durant. I don't care what show you listen to. I don't care what podcast or what column you read that said that Kevin Durant is just a luxury that you don't necessarily need Kevin. The, the Warriors need Kevin Durant. And the reason why is because before Kevin Durant got there, there was already mileage on the body of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. To be able to have uh, someone that can give you... 25 to 30 points a game, someone that can make the game easier, someone that can be able to utilize his wingspan defensively. You need to have a Kevin Durant on the floor. The team was already talented as is. But the feeling that uh, that Kevin Durant was just a luxury, kind of like Boogie Cousins to this team, is just nonsense. It's been nonsense from the jump. Of course the Warriors needed to have Kevin Durant on the floor and healthy. But without Kevin Durant... People looked at a one-loss record and say, oh, look how easy and free the Warriors are now. It looked like old-school Warriors when they won the first championship. They don't need... Yes, they do. And you can see what's going on now with this series. When Kevin Durant was out there just for a glimpse, for 11 or 12 minutes, you see how, how the, the difference was with the Golden State Warriors? He went... When I look at the box score, I'm just going by memory. I believe it was 3 for 3 from 3-point range. Had 11 or 12 points out there for 11 or 12 minutes. He made a big difference. The Warriors are going to win that ball game clearly with or without Durant, but it would be much easier with a, a healthy Durant out there. This whole feeling that Durant's some luxury, you're going to find out what he is to the Warriors when he's not there next year. And also, this puts a, a rock in the shoe of free agency. This is supposed to be the summer of Durant. 
We're supposed to find out after the NBA Finals and after the NBA Draft. We're supposed to find out exactly you know, what is going to go on uh, with Durant and free agency. And now, uh, an unhealthy Durant, someone's coming back from surgery, you know, he he's, at this particular time, we don't know if he's going to be a Golden State after he comes back and healthy. We don't know if he's going to go to New York. We don't know if he's going to Los Angeles. I have no idea. But I, I just, uh, I find that Kevin Durant is fascinating. As a great player, he will not be available, for, obviously, for the rest of these NBA Finals and next year. What does the league look like then? That's going to be interesting to see. One new, little news item coming across from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN.com. Within weeks of free agency, Boston Celtics star Kyrie Irving and his longtime agent uh, have parted ways. Kyrie Irving is expected to partner with Rock Nation for representation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here we go. Now we start seeing the – this is why the league is so great, man. This is why it's the best. It's the best. It's, it's the, best. the best. The NFL does not have this type of pettiness or this kind of movement or this – it's amazing. For those of you who just don't get it, you just don't get it. You just, but, man, this NBA, I swear, Kyrie Irving just like, ah, I'm going to just – I'm going to get rid of my, uh, my guy. I'm going to go with Rock Nation. Oh, that's a huge move. Huge. So what does that mean? Does that mean he's getting closer to Brooklyn? Does that mean that he'll be with the Knicks? It's just it, the free agency is great. It's great. The NFL, it's good for trades. It's good to have some moves here and there in free agency, but nothing like the NBA because it's such a it's such a roll of the dice. You don't know what these guys are thinking. All they know, they just want to be able to get to where they can get a championship. And then also in this league that's all, that's still unbalanced, watch how free agency goes where more free agents will go west. We're going to get 85% of the league going to be in the Western Conference. I still won't sleep. Didn't sleep this past season. I stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning still watching West Coast basketball because all, so all the stars are there. That's what's going to happen. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I've got to ask Rob Perez about that. He's, gonna, he's expected to partner with Rock Nation. He's already firing away, so it's going to be fun to have him on shortly. Oh, gosh. That's so much fun. That's so much fun. He's going to Rock Nation. One other note. Um, I didn't get to this last night, and I don't actually need a lot of time for this. It, this, this segment will be like when I came back from vacation and saw the Bears 100 list and saw that Erlacher wasn't in the top 10, and I said, you know, this is irrelevant, and then we went to break. Where, where everybody else spent two and three hours and four hours on this, I spent like 30 seconds on it and said, this is stupid. This is one that's not going to take a lot of time. Because <laughs> I didn't get to it yesterday because I just thought, why should we talk about this? But you expect me to talk about this, so I will. The United States women's soccer team. So they went 13 nothing over Thailand. And so the headlines on your favorite sports website or on Twitter or wherever is saying that the U.S. team was disrespectful because they were celebrating the goals that they were scoring when they were running up the score or they were scoring a lot of goals on Thailand. Okay, two things with this. When it comes to the Thailand women that could not stop the United States women from scoring all these goals, we always talk about inclusion. We always talk about how everybody should be together. Women should be able to be treated as men from an athletic standpoint, from a front office standpoint, that there should be balance. And it still should be. There's no question that it should be. And it's getting there. 
But I will tell you this. For those that look at the Thailand women and feel bad for them, don't you think that they're professionals? Don't you know that they got their butts beat and they don't need you to feel bad for them? The United States team, if they were down 13 nothing and Thailand was celebrating, I wouldn't say anything about it. And I don't say anything about the U.S. team either. If you want them to, you want them to stop celebrating, you need to stop them from scoring. It's as simple as that. Sportsmanship. I don't know who thought of this. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I don't know who thought of this, this whole participation trophy thing where you should feel bad for an opponent that gets beat down. You have to stop them in order to stop losing. I, I, I would love to be able to confront that person that says, you know, everybody should have a trophy, and you should feel bad about the loser. No, you shouldn't feel bad about the loser. What should happen is, is that Thailand's got to get better. And if you are scoring a lot of goals, it's okay. It's okay to be able to celebrate that. You know why? Because goal differential is a big deal in soccer. Goal differential. Does that mean anything? Gosh. Rob Perez is next. From your hood to J-Hood. On ESPN 1000. ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll talk Cubs with Jesse Rogers coming up at 810. We now turn to the Action Network, friend of the program, Worldwide Wob. It's Rob Perez with us to talk about the NBA and the NBA Finals right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Rob, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Oh, is there anything going on that we should talk about? Couple minutes, couple <laughs> well, day. Any news? Hot off the presses, yes. From Woj, oh, Boston's Kyrie Irving is expected to partner with Rock Nation Sports Representation, firing his longtime agent. Your thoughts, sir? I think if the writing isn't on the wall at this point, uh, that this man, all the rumors we've been hearing about him being connected to the Brooklyn Nets. I think is finally going to come to fruition. I mean, you don't, this isn't like it's official, official, but I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire in this league, as we know, and signing with Rock Nation, Jay-Z, all of his connections previously to the Nets as a minority ownership, uh, all signs now are pointing towards Kyrie Irving going to the Nets, even to the point that maybe we need to start having a conversation of what happens to D'Angelo Russell, because I don't know if they can play together. I, there's only one ball on the court last time I checked, and he was an all-star who needs to get paid this summer as well. So wouldn't it be some poetic justice if after all of this speculation throughout the year that Kyrie Irving signs with Brooklyn and D'Angelo goes to the New York Knicks? Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that, that ought to be great. And I was going to ask you, so what, what does this mean for the Knicks? Because it seemed like Kyrie to the Knicks seems like it sounds great on paper. That's not going to happen now. But you see what's happening here with free agency. You see what happened with KD. So what does this happen? What, how does this work for the Knicks now? Yeah. So if if Kyrie this entire time was kind of operating not with LeBron James, and you know he was headed towards Brooklyn, you have to figure that he was going to maybe team up with his best bud, one of his best buds, in, in Kevin Durant. But all that speculation, all the reports. All the sources that we read on the Internet, those went out the window the moment Kevin Durant ruptured his Achilles. So we don't know what's going to happen next with him. Uh, if this changes anything, does he stay in state? Is he still have this secret plan to go with 
we're not going to know that answer for a couple weeks until free agency, but it does sound like that Kyrie has moved in motion at the very least with or without Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn. Maybe now it's up to him to convince KD to come there as opposed to what was believed to be the opposite this entire time. Rob Perez, a senior NBA producer at uh, the Action Network with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Rob, you don't, from a, as a Knicks fan, you don't want this to be a Stoudemire and nothing. This you got to be able oh. to do better than this. It is this is a big offseason, as you well know. You've talked about this a lot. You can't come up empty-handed this offseason. Yeah. So you brought up Amari, which is a really big thing here because Amari, first of all, he's responsible for kind of making the Knicks relevant again. So there's always a soft spot for him here. Sure. But let's not forget that the Knicks, the reason why they got him is that they guaranteed his contract uninsured on that knee. So with Kevin Durant now with arguably the worst, one of the worst injuries in basketball, uh, are you going to insure his contract if he comes back and he's not a, anything close, even remotely close to being healthy? That would be a very mixed thing to do, right, to, to, to do that. But with Durant, he's going to have so many suitors, even after the Achilles tear, that to get his commitment with all of the competition out there looking for his services, you're going to have to offer the same thing and put your trust in him and pay him out. Otherwise, he's got options to go elsewhere. So for the Knicks at this point, it was always Durant first and then fill in the pieces around there. It definitely wasn't Kyrie first and fill in the pieces. It was Durant. But does that still is that still the sentiment moving forward? I don't know. And if you're the New York Knicks, you either get one of these A1 free agents. There's only two. It's Kevin Durant and it's Kawhi Leonard. And if they don't want anything to do with New York, I don't see anything wrong with just keep rolling with your young guys, stack up your picks, and keep your cap space. What, what, what's the worst that happens? You get another top three pick, you're not winning a championship. Yeah. Well, Rob, here's the thing. Before this story broke, I was going to ask you about what is appealing about Brooklyn. This is not the old Nets out of New Jersey where it wasn't a destination, and I thought that Brooklyn would be a hot spot. But with, but with, with Kyrie, could he be the Pied Piper to bring even more uh, quality around him Again, Durant aside, is he a guy that can attract other guys to come to play with him? I, I wish I knew the answer to that question, Mike. Honestly, because I'm not a player in the locker room. You know, we certainly saw the things throughout the year that some of these young guys, they weren't getting along with Kyrie. It's honestly just what we read. Maybe the players love Kyrie. Maybe they don't. But what we saw in Boston is if Kyrie Irving is your Batman, it's going to be difficult to win an NBA championship. Kyrie has proved that if he's your Robin, not the Batman, you can win a title. Look what he did with LeBron, where he was the primary secondary option when he's the number two guy. That's not an insult. Like, look what Kyle Lowry has done in the finals, becoming the number two guy behind Kawhi versus having to lead the team previously. So those guys exist. Now it's a matter of who Kyrie brings with him, because if you end up with just Kyrie and Tobias Harris or Nikola Vucevic, that's a lot different than Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie if we're talking about title contenders. Does this make the Nets a legitimate playoff contender? Sure. But they still need that extra piece, whether it's one of those two guys, to be taken seriously in terms of raising the Larry O'Brien trophy. Rob Perez with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. For, for those that don't understand the league, and Rob, you've talked about this, but I want you to say it in your words, because I've said this a lot, the, the Sermon on the Mount here on this program, I've talked about how you know, people don't understand that, uh, that this league 
has parity, but it's different than the NFL. It's different than other sports. Like here's we're, we're going to see here Toronto more than likely win a championship here. And and I know people were already tired of, of the Warriors after a couple of years, but that's that's how the league has been built. It's built on dynasties. What could you speak to to how people look at the league saying that there's no parity? Yeah, I, I love that there's no parity, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you some reasons why we 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 love March Madness. Because it is a 16 could upset a one. It's one and done. It's survive and advance. That's their business model. The NBA's business model is the best teams on the biggest platforms under the brightest lights. That's why the series are seven games and they're not three and they're not one. Because it is a league in which the best teams are always designed to win. There's no fluke when you have to beat a team four out of seven times. And, you know, for me, it's just like, that's it. It's like, I'm okay with the bet. I want to see the superstars playing in the NBA championship. I don't want to watch UMBC versus Texas Tech. God bless them. But that's not something I want to see with this particular business model. And when you have superstars with the names of Steph Curry and Giannis and Kawhi, you want to feature those on the brightest stage across the world. And if you need one of those people that looks into ratings or whatever, you can kind of tell that superstars are important. So when LeBron is not in the playoffs, or not even in the finals for that matter, you can see the way people react. And when you're trying to take a sport globally, you need star power. It's what the NBA has the biggest advantage of over hockey, which is being played right now, and over the NFL. Is that In the NFL, they have helmets on. You can't see their face. You can't relate to their emotions. That is something the NBA can provide, and it's one of the reasons, I think, why they're so successful. Okay, uh, lastly, with this Kyrie Irving, and again, it's, it's speculation, but it's pretty clear where Kyrie wants to go. So does this mean that Anthony Davis goes to Boston? And if so, how successful would they be with him in the mix with those other young players? So let's remember real quick that even with the news of Kyrie doing all his stuff today, he declined his player option, he fired his agent, he's signed with a new one. Because of the rookie extension deal or whatever that technical term is, Boston Celtics cannot make a trade for Anthony Davis until Kyrie Irving is legally a free agent on July 1st. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they can't act, they can agree verbally and like shake hands, but they can't process a trade until he's technically off the books. So the Lakers are full steam ahead here. Now they have their own problems in terms of matching contracts and such, but they the Lakers are full steam ahead knowing that the Celtics are there just kind of trying to plague or plan. Right. That's, that's, I think that's been the Celtics' goal this entire time is making life a living hell for the Los Angeles Lakers, not just because they're rivals, but because that's all they can do at this point. So can a trade eventually happen? The answer is yes. But please just remember, it can't actually go down until July. This is so much fun, Rob. This is I love this. I love this so much, man. The NFL wishes they had this buzz. This is great. As always, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Good. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Rob Perez, the senior NBA producer at uh, the Action Network with me here on ESPN 1000. One question with the Catman next. I tried to show him. You're listening to my mans in them. Jay Hood. Yep. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. I tried to show him. And the ESPN app. Yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in sickle mode. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. 
Thanks for hanging out with me on a wet Wednesday night. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll hear from Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs like a blanket for ESPN.com. We'll talk to him from Denver at 810. Then we'll bear down. We always give you something bears every single night. So we got bear down for you. Some sound that you might have missed, some stories you might have missed around the National Football League. You know, we are here weeknights, and sometimes weeknights you're going out to dinner, you spend time with family, you got in from work. Some of our guests, they don't have time for a full interview, but sometimes they are available enough just to answer one question. You guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? I am number one. Number one. Just one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN 1000. Time for one question. You never know who's going to be in Felix's phone or my phone. We just call people randomly. It could be anybody. It could be a relative. It, it could be an old producer. It could be someone from jail. You never know. But tonight we found my guy, my friend, and my great teammate, David Kaplan from Kaplan Company, 9 to noon here on ESPN 1000. Hello, Cap. What's going on, my man? Hoodie, how are you, kid? You know what's going on, pal. It's time for one question. You're a busy man. I'm a fan of the segment. So just one question. We've always we've had a number of guests on talking about one question. So I've got one question for you, sir. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Yes, sir. In the history of sports, what is the one sporting event that you wish you could have covered as a media member or as a fan? The 1973 Belmont Stakes when Secretariat beat Sham and Angle Light and a whole bunch of them by 31 lengths in one of the greatest athletic performances in the history of sports. Thanks, Cap. I appreciate it. Then that's your one question. That's all we need. As I combine all the juice from the mind, heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.